All right, hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I'm your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have online, as I do, and have the pleasure of having his company each week on the show, Mr. Chris Sheridan. How you doing? Hot. I am doing hot. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's right. hot still here, and uh, yeah, I turned the fan off so it wouldn't interfere with the podcast, so... Oh, now you're sweating. I'm in the hot seat, so to speak. Sweating in your own juices. All right. Well, that'll that'll keep you that'll keep you honest, and it'll keep you it'll keep you on the edge of your you know your philosophical knowledge. Or really, it'll keep you sharp. Well, it's good to heat things up a little bit, get a little fire uh, fire energy. Yeah, because yeah, that's where that's where the world is now. I think we need it. Is. Either that or it's going to put you put you to sleep. You're going to, you know, I'm going to have to yell out, hey, Chris, uh, you still awake there? One of the two. Hot and drown. No, it's actually too hot to. <laughs> too hot to sleep? Okay. Yeah, you're like. Perfect. So you're right. You're it's, it's not the relaxing kind of hot. Not the relaxing hot. All right. Well, we are talking today about America, about the United States of America. We're talking uh, a bit about, we're going to talk a bit about democracy and destiny and uh, some of the ideas and ideals that have, you know, led us to where we are today. Uh, in in light of the fact that it was uh, July Fourth, Independence Day yesterday, so I hope everyone had a great uh, a great Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July! Happy belated Fourth of July, I should say. Uh, I was actually quite surprised at I, that I saw as many fireworks as I did, and you said you were pretty surprised as well uh, that despite the the fact that there's no shows, there was a lot of private private fireworks out there, right? Yes, a lot, lots of illegal fireworks. I didn't know you could get so many. I was gonna say, yeah, I remember it. Really, yeah, it was a challenge to get fire. Well, not that I ever bought any fireworks, but I know it's a challenge to get fireworks in uh, in LA. It's, you know, here obviously being a desert, they're not as concerned with, you know, the fire hazards. So they actually still have fireworks stands here, as if it were 1985. Yeah. Um, and actually out in Arizona as well, I believe. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's nice to, to see that people are trying to celebrate and trying to, to, you know, honor that independence and freedom ideal. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. Um, thank you for joining us on the Cosmic Eye Show each week. So we're here on Sunday uh, with, our, with our longer show that we do where we go more in depth into these uh, esoteric and philosophical and psychological ideas. Um, on Friday, we do our Emmett Fox Friday show. It's a little shorter show. Usually those are under 30 minutes and they're a little uh, kind of bite-sized new thought ideas from Emmett Fox's Finding User Inner Power. So check that out as well. Uh, and check us out each Sunday with a new episode. I put those up on Sunday night uh, or, you know, Monday morning is always a good time to listen whenever, uh, whenever you want. So those, those new uh, episodes are up each Sunday though. Uh, so you can check us out at CosmicEye.org or at uh, anchor.fm slash CosmicEye. My book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. Chris's book is The Spirit in the Sky. And that is it for my, uh, for my pitching of our stuff for the moment. We'll get back to that at the end of the show. So uh, we're going to talk about America, uh, the United States, and the, uh, some of the foundations and ideals that we are supposed to be about. And we're gonna we're gonna discuss that today. Mainly, uh, we're gonna talk about when I say ideals, some of the philosophical constructs and some of the the basic foundational information that is supposed to be guiding us. 
and I think is on many levels, but we're going to try to kind of unpack some of these ideas and where maybe we went wrong and where we've went right and, you know, what we can do in this, you know, in this world today to kind of, to kind of get back to some of the foundational material that, that really did make us a, a prosperous and powerful country. Uh, and that, you know, even if you don't agree with our politics and you don't agree with our economic system and you don't agree with, you know, anything about us, it, that, that really can't be denied, that America definitely, the U.S. has had a, a unique um, advantage in terms of economics and political power, at least in terms of the last, um, you know, 100 years or so. And so we're really going to kind of look at that and, and that trajectory and so on. So um, why don't I let you start and get the conversation rolling since I've been talking for a while, and then we'll, we'll discuss what we wanted to about, uh, about these ideas, all right? Okay. Well, when talking about the uh, 4th of July, it's certainly uh, the Declaration of Independence being the document uh, attributed to that day uh, when, as a colonial power, a power to be, I guess, uh, rose up against the English monarch uh, that was, um, you know, of which we were colonists, we, and I, I guess, you know, I've been in America a long time, uh, my family, uh, family tree, um, have, uh, you know, set out um, to not just separate from um, the ruling power and declare independence. That's you know the very very first step it's what what do you what what's in its place okay we don't want this and we don't want to be engaged with this we don't want uh, to be beholden to this way of thinking the whole monarch thing was outmoded um you know in the late 1700s probably even before that since the renaissance it was you know a lot of these ideals of uh, greek civilization and democracy were were coming back and uh what is different, and I think what's relevant, and you know, this probably is a central theme uh, that we'll explore, is, you know, just what was it that the founding fathers laid out, and what did they have in mind for this country and for how long? So it wasn't just tearing down or separating; that it, that's once the very first step. But what are you going to build in its place? What is better? What weren't we able to do as people that? we can do now in this new place uh, with new rules, but most importantly, a new ideal, a new way of thinking, of dreaming. Um, and of course, the, what was put down in writing uh, was to live you know, for hundreds of years. We've only been, what, 250 maybe. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, we're on our way, but it's, a document and series of documents uh, that lay out a much longer plan uh, if we are to you know, go back and um, really understood what was meant or what some of these ideals were and uh, that it's still a living document and if we have problems in society now uh, it's not because of we have a bad foundation I think we've maybe done some not so good things <laughs> with the you know resources and powers that we have, uh, and it's to go back and uh, get a sense of, you know, really what was that about? So we can explore, you know, what, what were those things and how that has helped us, maybe how we got off track and how we can get back, uh, or not even back, how can we get moving forward again? This is a trajectory. I see this yeah, is a yeah. 
long view. And so that was kind of a long-winded <laughs> version of the long view. No, that was that was really helpful. I'm glad you, you, you contextualized that for everybody. So I think, um, you know, one of the first things we have to address, of course, is, you know, we're living in a modern slash postmodern world now, and great changes have taken place, obviously, since the foundation of this country. Uh, technologically, sociologically, economically, spiritually, religiously, politically, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not the least of which is just a, a massive explosion in, in population. So, you know, we have to kind of take that into consideration in terms of, of, of the ideals and the fundamentals. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But, you know, just for uh, sake of sake of argument, it's interesting to kind of look at the idea. In 1776, the population of the United States was something like, you know, under under three million, something like 2.8 or something million. Um, the whole, you know, the whole uh, population of the colonies at that time was that. I don't know if that includes the entire population, the native population, and and so on. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but we can say that it it was a a tiny fraction. We know this for a fact. It was a tiny fraction of the population today because, um, you know, just by 1976, what we looked that up. What was 1976? It was like 200 something million or something like that. Yeah. And so now, you know, we're at a place in you know in 2020 where we're close to 300 and probably 40 million, give or take. Uh, you know, people in this country. And so it's obviously, that's a dramatic shift from under 3 million to 300 million. It's 100 times the population, right? So, you know, this is something we have to consider and something we have to look at in terms of uh, some of the ways we're going to move forward, you know, embracing the past, but also recognizing that uh, the present and the future will be a lot different place than the founding fathers knew anything about. Um, so that 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 be, that becomes a challenge. The thing that's going on these days that I I find alarming, and I think you do too, um, is that you know I think in the haste to move forward and make progress and to make changes socially and you know economically and politically and you know racially and so forth, you know we're we're kind of looking back at the past as if it was uh, something to be ashamed of and something to be quickly gotten away from, something to be torn down and forgotten about. And, you know, some of the things that were done, obviously, in this country, we, you know, were reprehensible. We, we know this. this. You know, we're not going to spend this show pointing out the foibles of a lot of these policies and the fact that, of course, you know, when people were given this freedom and they were defining these freedoms that other people were not getting those same freedoms. We know this stuff. And it's not like we're going to ignore that or forget about that. You know, that stuff has to be acknowledged, it has to be redressed, and it has to be dealt with and, and owned. At the same time, what we're, we're seeking to do is, is kind of uh, break through and find the foundational framework that did work and still does work today the ideals of the system and, you know, put those, make sure that we're still clinging to those and, you know, re and respecting those traditions and ideas that make us a unique culture, you know, because I think there's a zeal right now to kind of throw everything out and tear everything down. 
And again, rightfully so in a lot of cases, but you can't, like we've talked about a million times, you cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. And again, for those of you who are not familiar with that old timey saying, you can't, you know, you can't throw out the good with the bad because what you leave is a power vacuum. If you don't have something to replace something with, you know, it, it, it will inevitably go much worse than what you had before that. It's a, a historical fact. So, you know, what you've got to do is go, okay, well, look, this system that we have is not really the, the problem per se. A lot of the inequities of it have been worked out over the years. They, you know, the, the, the unfair wording and the unfair laws that, it, that existed previously have been, have been changed. And now we're struggling to make those changes felt in society as a whole. You know, that's, that's the challenge these days. But here's the thing with all of that, that we have to remember in our zeal to tear down, is that very system had the flexibility to make those changes over time, maybe not fast enough, but over time it's made those changes and it's become quite adaptable and it actually is still uh, a, a, a dynamic and, and you know, and, and useful system, the system of democracy that was created and especially the ideals presented in the constitution. Um, and they need to be honored and, and they need to be resurrected and re-looked at. And I think that's really what, what, we're, what we want to kind of get into today is like, what are some of these ideals? Where did they come from? You know, so I wanted to kind of pass that back to you. Let's talk a little bit about some of the ideas maybe of, of destiny, some of the philosophical ideas that preceded this, maybe some of Manly Hall's ideas and things that are becoming popular again. Uh, they just, I know recently they just republished Secret Destiny of America, and that's an interesting work where Manley Hall outlines this whole ancient um, sort of chain of ideas that goes back to Akhenaten in Egypt, and then kind of, right, and even before that to an, an Atlantis and so on, and you know, some of these, actually, no, after that, I'm sorry, Akhenaten was before, and then Atlantis, the idea of Atlantis came afterwards, it was in uh, in Greece, where that idea was was kind of uh, propagated, but the idea of Atlantis itself is supposed to be either an earlier civilization or, as Manly Hall proposes, it's almost an idea of um, of a future uh, sort of almost utopia, and it's likened to America. America was was thought of as the New Atlantis for a long time. Francis Bacon actually wrote a book called The New Atlantis. So, do you want to jump in and talk a bit about that stuff? Uh, from your from your perspective, absolutely. Um, so Bacon, uh, he would have been an English. He's an English uh, statesman, author, uh, inventor, uh, philosopher. You know, when back when people did a lot of things, um, and this would have been like the early 1600s. So we're talking uh, the Renaissance era. Uh, this he would have been contemporary with Shakespeare. Uh, and his Shakespeare's works um, may actually had a hand in writing some of them, you might say. Definitely had a hand in the 1611 King James Bible. Um, how much uh, he altered it or helped determine it and what was just editing, but he was definitely commissioned and, uh, and was part of that process. So just to put a, uh, you know, who Bacon is and, and when he was. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, clearly 150 or more years before the Declaration of Independence, uh, but there were obviously um, 
you know, colonies in the so-called new world. And that's what it was called. It was the new world. It was, wasn't just a new country or a new continent. It was a, it was a whole nother world. And it seemed as though there was this, you know, unlimited, you know, resource, you know, rivers and trees and fresh water and land and animals and abundance and anything that you would, you know, ever need. Thousands of miles of coastline, beautiful coastline. Um, and, but not just the land and those opportunities. It was a fresh start. It was a way to, well, geez, maybe all these corrupt systems of, you know, Europe for the last thousand or more years, um, you know, if we could start fresh, uh, but with fresh ideas and fresh ideals. And most of those, um, I think, probably had uh, an earlier origin in the Magna Carta, which would have been the early 1200s, uh, 1215, uh, I think, uh, um, in that era. Uh, so, you know, those ideas were already you know, 400 years old when Bacon wrote New Atlantis and uh, at another 150 before the, the founding fathers established this nation, but it goes back to Plato. I mean, it goes even further back. You know, the, you know, the ancient Greeks, ideas of democracy and freedom and everybody has a voice that the governed um, and the government are the same people, uh, that it's for, that we have a voice, um, not only in what we say, <laughs> but in, uh, how we are ruled, uh, which is very different than, you know, the, all the other systems throughout history. Uh, and that when, during the okay. Renaissance, a lot of these ideas got revived. Yeah, and what I wanted to say, just to, just to just chime in a little bit real quickly, and then I'll let you take it back, but I, sometimes I think people, because, you know, they may not have as much knowledge of history these days, forget what a revolutionary idea democracy is in civilization. It is a, a very new idea in the whole scope of civilization. You know, the divine right of kings and kingship and queenship and, you know, monarchies and these sort of, um, you know, city states built on these royal families and royal blood were the order of the day for thousands of years in all societies across the world. This Greek idea of democracy is is quite revolutionary, and why it's such a unique thing and it's, it's such a fragile thing still is because it's it requires it requires participation. You know, it requires participation. But anyway, my point my point really is though that you know don't underestimate like the amount like how how revolutionary that idea is we kind of take it for granted now that oh we can just go vote on this or you know because we want to change things we can go out and protest and things like that we we, we sort because we've grown up in that that sort of fishbowl idea you know we, we just take it for granted that that's the water that we swim in but this this democracy that we have and this system that we live in is a very fragile it's i mean it's strong it has strong foundations, but also it's fragile in that it requires a, a large commitment on the part of its citizens to keep it going. And I think sometimes we may we may forget that and take it for granted and think, well, I you know I don't need to participate and I don't need to be, you know, a part of this interdependent system and I'll just kind of like you know skate on by and whatever you know what I mean. But it does require a, a lot of commitment, and that is that is a unique and very different way of, of, of living than even a lot of people live under today, you know, in the modern world. So 
you know, it's something, it's something to think about. I just, I just wanted to bring that up. So, so please continue. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to. Oh, no, that, that's fine. Well, um, and we've been talking about Manley Hall. One, uh, one quote he, he pulled out uh, in 1976, which would have been the American Bicentennial, 200 years uh, anniversary. Uh, he says, Plato pointed out that in democracy, each citizen must carry a far greater personal obligation than in any other form of government. Anarchy has no obligation at all. So that fits in with what you're saying about how, you know, yes, we have this voice and yes, we have a choice in a democratic society. Uh, and with that voice and choice comes responsibility and responsibility demands preparation and knowledge and some skill in this in being governed and governing yourself and personal responsibility and governing your own affairs. If you want, you know, if it's a government by the people, well, who are these people? People that, that, that don't govern their own affairs well? Well, I don't want my government governed by those people. <laughs> I want, I want yeah. government, you know, I want people that govern themselves well um, and their family and their affairs uh, to be part of the government and, and as part of the governed, um, it's, there's so much self-government that, you know, I think we, it's weird, like we've been given this uh, bestowed, it's our birthright, and anybody who comes here and, and, and can, you know, become a citizen, um, and, and other nations are, are following suit and have for the last several hundred years, but to have this, um, this great ability and power, uh, seems nowadays we just want to blame somebody else and uh, just, oh, we just need somebody else in power to run things. Well, we just need a better form of government. Or we just, the government has to provide, you know, more for the citizens. And, you know, some of those ideas might be true in sentiments. Yeah. Uh, but they become true when we do what we need to do. It's like we're almost asking for, for a monarch. We're asking for a dictator or, a, you know, some law of the land, like you were saying, like the old nation states. Um, you know, but then keep the freedoms of democracy. It's like, yep. you know, that's, that's kind of not how it works. <laughs> if you yeah, want exactly. to run your life, well then, good luck. You might get a tyrant, you might get a dictator, you might get a benevolent king every now and then, every hundred years. Um, but if you have a democracy, or at least a democratic, you know, aspect to, your, to the government, um, that's responsibility. And yeah. it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I think we're not asking enough of ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the thing about it, it's, it's, you know, we're framing everything as an oppressor, oppressed kind of argument, sort of a, you know, uh, dialectic. And it's, you know, the, a lot of it has, you know, a lot of the postmodern ideas and a lot of these um, academic ideas and identity politics type ideas have this sort of Marxist um, thinking underneath it, the, you know, the, the, the oppressed and the oppressor or the workers versus the capitalist bourgeoisie kind of idea and so on. And so, you know, it goes kind of unchecked and people don't really realize like, you know, when you begin to think of yourself as the oppressed and, and the, you know, the government and corporations and all these different structures above, above you, quote unquote, as the oppressor, that's a very specific narrative that becomes very dangerous. You know, and then you're you're really questioning whether or not you you know you're 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 living in a specific democratic situation, or even you know I mean technically obviously we're a republic, but it has democratic you know operations in it. Um, but 
the you know the fact is is that do democracies and republics become corrupt yes of course they do do they lose their way yes of course they do but they lose their way and they become corrupt when good people are not involved in those systems so just framing ourselves as someone who you know is is oppressed or powerless and then looking to tear the system down so that you know we can put in somebody new or we can ourselves assume that power um you know might not be the 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 best solution when it's not fully thought out and fully planned for you know and especially when it has underlying assumptions to it that that might belong to a that a different political system that we ourselves would not want to live under i know that a lot of young people like um tend to gravitate some towards some of these socialist ideas and ideals and i you know i'm not against some of the ideals the problematic part of it is that you know true socialist or true communist uh, governments have been horrific look at the devastation caused by the the soviet union by you know by china under mao by um the vietnamese the cambodians um you know the least worst of the lot was the cubans and the reason why they were able to not be so destructive is because the russians were sending them all kinds of stuff that they needed and they you know they didn't have to be that ruthless you know the so you know and i'm and again i'm not I'm this i'm not going to make this this isn't a political thing but you have to look at history and kind of understand some of the things that you know your freedoms that you take for granted and so on and understand that under those socialist systems generally speaking you know they become a totalitarian type of communism that you don't want to live in you really don't and yes the state provides this that and the other thing and it provides you a job and it provides you some security in a sense but it's at such a great cost that it's you know the people why do you think those people were coming to the united states in droves to get away from those societies if they could you know and it it's why our ancestors came here you know if they weren't dragged here against their will and they were or they you know they weren't you know native peoples that were already here the people that came here were those people who were trying to escape from some tyranny all throughout our history and we were supposed to be a beacon of freedom you know an opportunity for those people and yes again are are there problems did certain people you know certain groups get marginalized well, of course they did yes and that's all stuff we're trying to address now these days and 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 it's an important job to do that uh, but also remember that the system that is underlying this is not necessarily the problem it's the operation of it and it's the the corruptions of it that have become the problem the ideal is still there and the foundations and framework are still there it just needs a tune up it needs yeah. a spiritual tune up an economic tune up a political tune up you know to get back to the ideals that we are striving for life liberty the pursuit of happiness equality unity you know the diversity of of different cultures but in a unity of of working together to help you know help each other solve our problems and so on and i think we've forgotten a lot of that when we were completely focused on what we're arguing about we've forgotten the unity part of it and that unity part of it is this democratic ideal that we most of us share 
you know, if you really break it down and you ask people, well, would you rather, would you rather be free or would you rather have the state telling you what you need to do and how you, where you need to work and where you need to live? Most, most people are going to go, well, I like the freedom. So then the freedom comes with responsibility, like you were talking about. That was such a great quote you gave there. Well, yeah. And it, you know, to really displace this, you know, onto another is you just, we're like robbing ourselves yep. of the richness we could have in, in directly participating in our, not our democracy, but just, you know, not just the democracy, but the governance, you know, of who we are, because this, you know, we're talking about the socialist trend or things like that. One of the things that um, when you have a strong socialist, uh, and there's, you know, a lot of definitions, but that yep. the government basically provides everything and the people are taken care of. That's, it's all socialism. If you want to look at it like that, some version of that is, is present in, um, in, in our form of government already. And, and yeah, you know, exactly. There are, it's society. It's, it's yeah. all socialism. So those things but, are needed. Those are those yeah. needed things. Mm -hmm. But as, as a, you know, underlying paradigm, you know, you were saying that, um, it, it brings up this idea of the oppressed and the oppressor um, and things like that. But what it also brings up is conformity, because if there is a socialist state, then there is a the state line or the line that um, everybody, if they want to keep uh, being having their stuff provided by the state, yeah. if you, you agree with the state. And why would you not if it's feeding you and everything like that? But that can lead to conformity um, in a way that it's not the oppressor putting that on the society. That's each member of society putting it on each other. Yeah. You know, oh, watch well, your step. Oh, don't, yeah. don't say that. Yeah. Uh -uh, that's not politically correct. Or it's, it creates that kind of a thing. There's a little bit less of a live and let live and more of a, a boy, if, if we're not all on the same page, you know, waving the same flag, you know, the whole thing's going to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, at least that's the tension and that's the challenge of, you know, and, and again, I'm not, when I say, when I speak of, of socialism, I'm speaking of really, you know, the, the experiments of totalitarian communism. I'm not speaking of democratic socialism necessarily, or, you know, social ideals whereby there's a, you know, a, a, a net, a safety net to, to, you know, help the society because I'm all for those kinds of things. And I think in some ways, you know, we need to look at some of our social structures and our social nets in this country and, and, and increase them, you know, and look at some of the areas and, you know, decrease funding to certain areas because we've, we've somewhat gotten off track. Um, you know, and I'm not, also, I'm not speaking of, you know, this is where I, I get, I kind of go back to the idea of, um, you know, where we're talking about in the beginning with, you know, it's not 1776 anymore. So some of our ideas are going to have to be revised to some degree. There's not an unlimited amount of resources anymore to go take from somebody else. And we wouldn't really want to do that even if we could, because we know the destructive nature of that. And we know that, you know, the, that that's not right to do now. You know, whereas I think you know, there was a certain amount of blindness to that in, in the early days of this country. And so, you know, a lot of what we're, you know, what we're, what's going on today is, is looking at some of those things that have occurred over the years, the injustices and slavery and, 
you know, crimes against humanity that were perpetrated against the native peoples and all these terrible things. And, 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 we're, and rightly, again, we're trying to address those issues. But at the same time, we have to remember that in a, in a democracy, in a democratic situation, in a, in a place where, you know, it's wildly pluralistic in terms of beliefs and ideas about gender, sexuality, religion, culture, uh, politics, economics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that if there isn't some sort of um, ground to work from in terms of understanding some sort of framework, an ideal that we share, like democracy, for example, which has nothing to do with religion and has nothing to do with politics and nothing to do with economics, it has to do with individuals and their responsibility to their society. But it, it requires a certain amount of thick, thick skin to be in a democracy. You know, it's like a good university used to be before they created all the safe spaces and they created all the, you know, chilling language for professors. They can't use this and they can't say that and they can't do this and they can't do that. And some, again, some of that was designed to create more diversity and to create, you know, a fairer situation. And that's all well and good. But now, you know, we're getting to the point where people can't handle differences of opinion anymore. And a democracy is all about handling differences of, an, of opinion in a democratic way, which means a dialectic or an argument or some sort of, uh, you know, cooperative solution or some sort of butting up against each other till a, till, till a different idea can be found or whatever it is. But it requires communication. And communication always requires somewhat of a thick skin. People are going to rub you the wrong way. They're going to push your buttons. They're going to trigger you. That's what people do. Do you know what I mean? And so to think that that is not going to be a part of the democracy is to live in a fantasy world of unicorns and, and, and snow cones. It's not real. It's not a real thing. So democracy is a messy thing. People argue. And if you look at the history of this country, you'll see argument from day one. Some Before people, day one. Yeah, they weren't on board with the, with the idea of the revolution, a lot of them. They wanted to stay with England. There were plenty of people that thought the revolution was a horrible idea. Do you know? Yeah. There were plenty of people who thought slavery, in the midst of slavery, when our whole society was based on that, that, that terrible business, uh, who argued against it. There were a lot of people who didn't share the sentiment that that was a correct thing. And the, many of the founding fathers wrestled with those very issues. These are not new ideas. People have been examining their hearts and looking at evil and looking at, you know, what is good, what is right, what is wrong, how do we treat each other? This is nothing new. And that's why I'm saying, like, we have to Stop throwing everything out and tearing everything down and pretending like we have to invent everything from the ground up. There's, you know, there's a framework here that we have. You know, it needs to be fixed. It needs to be looked at. It needs, you know, first of all, part of the reason why our democracy doesn't work is it's all gummed up with, with um, corporations and lobbyists. That needs to be addressed. You know, it's not, it's, democracy doesn't mean the person that has the most money gets their way. That's, that's an oligarchy or a monarchy. You know, the person with the most power wins. That's not supposed to be the, the ideal. You know, it's a, the democracy, again, democracy requires a certain amount of consensus by a certain number of people to say, okay, this is what we're agreeing on, and this is what we want to see happen. And, and that, again, requires independent individual thinkers uh, that are, you know, that are responsible, that are, 
philosophically somewhat wise and knowledgeable about, you know, about life. And, that, and I think that's part of the challenge too, is people don't want to address those things. They'd rather look at a bunch of memes and look at social media and, and listen to some idiot on YouTube instead of reading a book or watching a serious documentary or watching a long political debate. I mean, who wants to do those things? That's not fun. You know what I mean? But that yeah, in the political debate is not really a real political debate. It's, it's not even real debates anymore. No, it's it's taking the, a hot button issue that you can have a, a pro versus con yep. uh, type, you know, setup uh, to where you can just battle it out and until one either wins or the other one gives up or they both, you know, fall under their own own weight. That's not really what it, what it's about. And going back to what you said about you know about these differences of opinion that can be a strength yeah absolutely learn from others uh look at something maybe from a different angle uh these things are not fundamentally black or white issues they get caged as black or white pro or con yes or no red or blue uh type of arguments because i guess that's i don't know if it's good tv it maybe gets ratings i don't know it doesn't seem very good you know it seem like good politics painting it's like a yeah. it's a tennis match of course you want you know you want one person on one side of the net and another person they hit the ball back and forth and somebody yeah. will win, but that's an artificial sporting scenario, which is fine for that. Uh, but it doesn't really work for this. And the oh. trouble, like you said, is not, it's not that the original plan wasn't good. We're not carrying it out correctly. And you're right. It's, it's become corrupt. And that's really only happened like, yep. in the last 50 years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe going back a little bit, I think it kind of peaked somewhere after World War II where, you know, we had this sweet spot of, you know, there's some prosperity. Uh, you could have a house uh, with a single income. Um, you could, um, you know, pursue like a lot of hobbies. There was a lot mm -hmm. of growth in innovation um, yeah. during that time. Uh, people had a little extra money and a little extra time to, to do some things. Sure. On weekends, and we weren't so bombarded with all the media stuff, but it was still using that old paradigm of yeah. resources. The problem is, the idea of unlimited resources met up with unlimited industrialization, and you can tear those resources down and yep. deplete them um, and violate them uh, at, at ways that the founding fathers probably never dreamed They'd never have dreamed of and unlimited desires and greed are underlying the whole thing and that's not part of a democratic ideal by any means you know the this idea of greed and and consumerism and materialism that pervades was these are not ideas ideals that the founding fathers were on board with you know were they some of them successful businessmen um, did they strive for a better life? Yes, you know, th those are true facts. But, and, you know, were most of them a bit wealthier than everyone else? Yes, that's probably true. But, you know, the thing is this disparity between, between the wealthy and the, you know, lower middle class or poor in this country is now, it's just astronomically wide. And that is not a good foundation for a democracy. So now it's how do you repress it? It's not, it's the not a democracy. Or the Declaration of Independence. Um, yeah, exactly. And, it's a and like, of those ideas. Yeah, and, 
like you said, there was an unlimited, seemingly unlimited amount of resources to go take. Just keep moving west. There's fresh forests, there's fresh animals, fresh this, fresh that, you know, just take some more land from the native peoples, you know. And so, you know, yes, that was not a, a good thing to do. And this idea of manifest destiny and so on that, that they propagated, you know, that it was our divine right to take these people's land. And so on. obviously all this stuff, you know, that Europeans sort of had in mind, you know, it's, it's, it's suspect, you know, but again, it doesn't, not only suspect, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's wrong, but again, the fundamentals and the ideals of, 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 of democracy that this is, that, that our country is based on and where we find ourselves today in this position of power and influence in the world, even now, you know, even in the midst of all this, you know, economic and political and, you know, virus oriented chaos and so on that's, that's gone on. I mean, the United States is still extremely powerful and influential in the world. And my argument is, you know, we're not addressing some of the biggest issues of all and being leaders in those areas. And that's part of our destiny. I mean, you know, this is the idea that was one of the good things, the idea of destiny that, 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 immigrants who came here, the people who lived here, um, and the people that saw, you know, the, the founding of, of the democratic institutions and so on had this idea of destiny in mind. And it wasn't just a, it wasn't a destiny like, like, for example, of, of um, imperialism or consumerism. It wasn't a destiny of the military industrial complex, which mind you, Eisenhower himself warned us against but it was a destiny of importance and leadership and freedom and self-reliance. And that's what the United States used to be known for. You know, that, is, that, was, that was kind of what we, what we built our foundation. That's why people, you know, lost their lives to get here. Haitians coming in on, you know, shaky little boats and Cubans trying to get here on like rafts and people trying to, you know, smuggle themselves in at, you know, in, in, in airplanes and things and in the baggage compartments and all these crazy stories you hear. And, you know, my family hasn't been here that long. You know, my grandfather came here and, you know, that the, this, what they had to go through to get to this country, it wasn't because, you know, they thought they were coming somewhere that was going to oppress them to be sure, you know, even though that was the case oftentimes when people got here. Uh, many of our ancestors. So, you know, but th there was a dream of this ideal, this destiny thought in, in all of this that we were coming, you know, I think the people that felt like they were coming to this country were coming here to do something great, to make a better life for themselves and other people. And I think that's what really this sort of, the, the, the ethics of the United States is really based on the democratic ideal and the idea of the destiny of providing leadership and greatness, you know, striving for greatness. And I think we've, we've lost those two ideals, the democratic ideal, the democratic ideal, and the, the destiny idea. You know, we have to resurrect that destiny idea from, oh, our destiny is to, you know, kill all the buffalo and take all, you know, native people's lands, you know, kind of extract it out of that because, because that's, that's the, the negative side of it. So this idea of destiny as, as, a, as a leader and a responsible steward of the resources that we have.
you know, and I, and I'll, I'm going to hand it over to you because I'm getting long winded. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to say like, like, I think that we're dropping the ball when it comes to leadership, particularly in the area of ecology and sustainability. And, and even in the areas of technology that would help us to get away from fossil fuels and would help us to live in a more, uh, ecologically sustainable and less, not even less, but a completely harmless way the 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 ideas the technology and the the capabilities that you know and the and the and the sort of framework is is there to live in a completely different way and i feel like we since we use most of the world's resources have the biggest responsibility to be a leader in that area and we're completely dropping the ball in that area would you agree on that yeah well you know we're also picking up the ball and taking it home so no one else can play yeah, that's a good you know, point. Yeah. And there's a, you know, extreme selfishness uh, yeah. that goes along with um, some of these uh, ideas uh, that have just gone awry. And I heard when you were uh, talking, um, you know, in my mind, this, the word opportunity, the land of opportunity, you know, that that is, it was an opportunity to have religious freedom, to have freedom of speech. Uh, these were this was a real opportunity uh, to, to use this new land for that. But if, yes, if fast forward now things have uh, become decimated and polluted, um, you are actually denying other people the opportunity for yeah. life liberty and their pursuit of happiness. Um, and that's where things need to change, but you're still going from the original playbook. Opportunity, yeah. liberty, uh, personal freedom, uh, that shall not be infringed um, by the government. And it may be, yes, that the government isn't directly infringing those things, but because of choices the government has made over the last 50, you know, 50 to 70 years, uh, have those have been oppressive or have reduced opportunities uh, to pursue those things, by the way, some of these you know, uh, economic and you know, anything from housing to education, you know, people are talking about statues and whether we should tear them down, which is a great debate, but, you know, I don't hear much about, well, how are we, there's homeless children, children who need to eat. You yep. know what I mean? That's, that, they're denied their American heritage, whether they came here legally or not, or they've been here for, you know, 10 generations. Yep. Uh, they're being deprived of that opportunity, yes, by the government, because indirectly, um, they passed rules or laws that have made it so that, uh, you know, corporatists and capitalists, not that capitalism is bad either, but if it's, anything can really be good or bad. Yeah, exactly. You know, sunlight's great. You got to have plants. Well, if you fry out in the sun and don't get enough water, you know, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about using these things and uh, maybe cherishing them more that this this nation and, and you know in the bike extension the rest of the world um but to have this free thinking and a lot to allow someone else to think freely yeah even if you don't agree with them um is is one of the greatest things you can do and you've got to create a dialogue you've got to try and understand and 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 be understood and you got to be open to the possibility of of finding some kind of uh, middle ground you know, and I think we've lost that in this 
and this polarized idea, you were talking a little bit earlier about these political debates, they're just my side against yours and soundbite against soundbite. And there's, that's not a dialogue. It's just like a screaming match. And you see a lot of this going on today. Like people aren't even open to dialogue anymore. They're not sitting down to talk about things anymore. They're just getting angry and posting things on social media and then ostracizing this person or attacking this or that thing. And it's like, you know, some, sometimes you've, you've, you've just got to take a moment, take a breath and try to understand what's going on and, and, you know, dialogue with a situation or a person and, you know, create, create a moment of, of learning, you know, and that can't happen if, if, if you're not open to it. And that's one of the, again, that's one of the ideals and, and the foundations of, you know, the democratic process is that, uh, that communication. And then hopefully finding some middle ground where you can, you know, you can make the most amount of people happy. You're never going to make everybody happy. It's never going to happen. And that's the thing people don't realize about democracy that, you know, you, you give up um, is the fact that, you know, when, when the, there's going to be a certain group idea that oftentimes you will, you will not agree with, and you can choose to participate that in that or not, you know, that's your, that's your right. But, you know, those are those kinds of things where we have to realize, like, honestly, we, you know, we're not always going to like everything that, that's chosen. We're not always going to like every, every candidate that's, that's elected. But that's not the fault of democracy. It's, you know, it's part of the process. And that's, you know, that's one of the things I think we've got to understand. And again, getting kind of getting back to like capitalism, like you said, capitalism isn't bad per se it's it's a great economic system and it's and it's changed the quality of life for billions of people around the world at the same time the form of industrial capitalism that we're practicing right now this sort of debt-based industrialized capitalism um is is not going to really work moving into the future there is not enough natural resources to go around if everyone were to live like we live in the United States. So that means we're going to have to start living more simply and with less of a footprint, with less stuff as it were, and, you know, try to try to live in a more equitable fashion with the rest of the world. A lot of people are already doing this in Europe. You know, you can see the things that they've done there and in Japan and certainly more community oriented societies, you know, they've, they've, move towards more alternative resources, move towards public transportation, move towards, towards um, less waste. You know, and we haven't really embraced that fully in this country yet. We're like, we like the idea, like we don't want people to cut down the rainforest and we don't want elephants killed for their tusks. But at the same time, it's like, well, I still wanna, I still wanna drive my, you know, my four by four, my, you know, my Chevy, my Chevy truck or my, my big giant four wheel drive, you know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things, but it's like, you know, there's, 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 you also have to say, all right, well, look, do I need that for my in-city driving? Do I need that for my commuting? Probably not. You know, that's for, for, for going out off road and things like that. And it's fine in those circumstances. It's like, it's appropriateness and it's use of, you know, use of resources and use of materials. We need to move forward with more, more understanding of those, those types of things, I, I think. Well, we do, and, and early on, as you're saying, you know, things have changed over the years. Um, it was sustainable um, because there was far more resources, uh, you know, far exceeded exponentially the amount of people that would be 
um, you know, taking from them. Uh, but everything has become unsustainable. Yes, the banking, fractional reserve lending, um, to our educational system where it costs more and more to get less and less of an education. It takes you longer and longer with, with interest to pay off more than your job pays that you got from having that degree. And yeah. so many areas are just, uh, you know, because they've gone awry. It's like you can't blame the instrument if you're, if you're not a good player. Um, yeah. Exactly. Or if it's out of tune, maybe a great player could pick up and horribly, you know, or sit down at a horribly out of tune piano and no matter how expertly they hit the keys, it's, it's, it's really not going to sound all that great. Um, so we have to, you know, like we're saying, we have to get, get back, go back to the original plan, uh, draw from it um, what we need to fit the time, you know, the age, the time of the age. Yeah. Um, you know, the paradigm, the, the zeitgeist, you know, that we live with the resources that we have. I know the pandemic shut down. A lot of people, you know, started telecommuting. They went to work um, at home, you know, through their computer uh, or something. And some have found, you know, hey, it's, it works just as well. Uh, I don't have to do the commute. So, you know, we're starting to use some of the technology, um, you know, in a more sustainable way. Uh, but really, you know, there has to be that way of thinking Yeah. Uh, that I don't know if we have, it seems like we're, we're trying to fix a corrupt system um, or a system that has become corrupt, uh, but using the existing, you know, way of thinking, we have to go back to the original thought, uh, see where we went off track mm -hmm. and, you know, find where, you know, we can be, you know, it's not going to make, you know, America great again. I think that's a slogan people use now. Um, I don't know if it ever was great is another thing that, that people say. Um, but America and, you know, talking about the ideal uh, put down with the United States. Uh, and then long before that, going to the Renaissance and before that, to Plato and, and democracy and the Republic, um, that we have, um, you know, this opportunity um, to live the dream, you know, and, and, and move towards greatness. It's not making something again. It's, it's again going back to that original source uh, that is golden. These are great ideals. Some of the great spiritual traditions go back thousands of years and there's still great advice that works now just as well as it did in the Bronze Age, per se. And, but we have to apply it to where we are now, who we are now, and, and what our resources are in our population and our technology, just as they did then, but I think we can draw from the same source and have a completely new plan that's still rooted in the original plan um, for this new century. That's a that's a fantastic way of looking at it. And it's you know, it's the keep keep the framework of democracy. And I think even keep the, keeping the framework of capitalism is important because I think that individual sort of self-reliance, you know, I have the opportunity to make a better life for myself sort of, sort of thing is, is fantastic. But, the, the, you know, we have to remember, in addition uh, to that idea, we have to kind of, we've got to temper it a bit and look at capitalism 
realistically, like the, for example, um, you know, there's some, been some interesting work done. Uh, there's a book called Natural Capitalism, and there's another book called Deep Economy by Bill McKibben, and and they're looking at the ways that, you know, the environment is involved with with the capitalist system, and how it's unaccounted for most of the time you know they just you know the most most of the, the the numbers that are that are put together for economic growth simply involve profit and loss and you know and and the um kind of um you know the resource itself is just looked at as an input into the process whereas you know and we're, we're kind of taking for granted these natural cycles that exist like for example the the you know the natural water cycles that you know that clean the water once you know it goes out and then gets brought up into the clouds and rain down and all these different things that happen and the fact that forests provide all these different services like carbon sequestering and they stop flooding and you know that estuaries provide a you know a block against um against flooding and against um you know against uh storms and things like this and all these different things that the natural world does none of those things are factored in to the cost of just ripping out a bunch of trees offshore or something it's just okay i took this many trees out it cost this much money and then i sold it for for that much as furniture let's say but then it's not factored in all of the losses of what those trees, the, the, the duties and the, and the sort of functions that they actually performed uh, for free, you know, for that environment that they were in. You know, and, and you can go down the line and say, well, bees and pollinators and birds and all these different things that perform all these functions that are necessary for our survival. They're absolutely necessary for our survival and they, and nature provides it for free, quote unquote, but that's not factored into the cost of goods in, in a cap, in a capitalist equation. So like a lot of these new thinkers are saying, well, look, we've got to factor in the real costs of these things. We've got to figure out equations to, to figure out like whether or not what we're doing is actually worthwhile or sustainable or profitable or not. And most of the things we're doing actually are not profitable. They seem profitable and they look profitable because we're mortgaging the future um, by by stealing resources that you know that are that are not going to be available to 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 future societies, and that's not a way to live. And that the whole idea of sustainability or regeneration is the idea that you you only use what you're able to to generate and regenerate. And so there's like a sort of net zero effect, like you know, that, or or even a positive effect, like I'm actually regenerating a forest. I'm not taking taking more than it than can regenerate stuff like that. But that's an ideal. And that's not an ideal that we have right now. And even just this idea of sustainability going beyond the ecological aspects of it, just sustainability. As am I living my life sustainably or am I in a bunch of debt that I can't afford? Or am I, you know, mortgaging my my sort of morality in a sense? Like is that sustainable? Is my is my character sustainable? Am I you know what I'm saying? It's like a more pervasive idea and an ideal that we should embrace. You know, democracy, um, you know, freedom, and the idea of sustainability, I think, need to be all kind of woven together into this idea of, of, this, of, of the capitalism that we have. 
you know, so that it's so that it's fair and so that it represents actually the real costs of, uh, you know, culturally, socially, ecologically speaking, politically speaking, and so on. Do we factor those things into some of our conveniences? And the answer is no. So we need to look at some of those things. And it's in the Declaration of Independence. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Uh, in the very first paragraph. Um, you know, to assume powers of the earth, the laws of nature, and nature's God. Uh, basically, they're laying, he's laying out a, a case for unsustainability, the old monarch system of, of being ruled and dominated um, and, you know, entangled in foreign wars. And there's a list of, of things that basically were, at that time, were unsustainable to a philosophically minded, forward-thinking, progressive, um, thoughtful, uh, compassionate uh, person who cares about, you know, the rights of, you know, for themselves and others. Uh, we were founded as a country uh, separating from a system that was unsustainable. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you can keep doing it if you're going to run yourself into the ground, but to, to be able to survive and to move forward as, as a people, uh, yeah, it was it was not sustainable, and I think we've sort of become that yeah. um, ourselves, and and we can get back to it, but we just have to go back to the original playbook. It's all there. It is all there, and thank you for bringing that up. That's a good point. I think um, we're probably getting fairly close to the end of this thing. Um, so you know, do do check out this this Manly Hall book, The Secret Destiny of America. It's a very interesting read. Uh, we didn't talk much about it. Uh, we did touched on it a little bit, but it's a it's a fantastic book um, and very interesting. And and go back and you know read before this is the thing you know go back and read some of the founding fathers. You know read uh, Thomas Paine, read Jefferson. You know read the early philosophers, early American philosophers, and you know even like Emerson and Thoreau, and you get a much different picture of what you know people were wrestling with and you know, in the early days of this country and so on. And, you know, really kind of look back and read the constitution and, you know, also have, you know, have a critical eye towards what were some of the, some, what are some of the challenges and what are some of the hypocrisies going on? But, you know, since we've tried to address a lot of those things in, you know, in, in the past years, I, I, it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta kind of, give it some some breathing room you know and kind of like you said go back and and look at the ideals and and kind of resurrect those things and say yes they, there were some anomalies and yes there were problems and discrepancies and hypocrisies but the ideal and the foundation is still there to serve us you know this idea of idea of equality of freedom of the ability you know to pursue happiness and to you know to not be uh, taxed without having any sort of representation and the idea of, you know, having a say in what, what occurs. And, you know, these are, these are ideas, again, that I think we're taking for granted and acting as if, like, we don't have to do anything to maintain them. We can just complain about things and point out what's wrong and not look at the hard, you know, the hard struggle and the hard, you know, hardly won, difficultly won freedoms and things like that that people have experienced over the years and just kind of throw it all out and go, well, you know, all, none of this applies anymore because we're here right now. It's like, well, it does still apply, but you have to look at the framework and you have to reapply it in new ways. And I think that's, that's one of the takeaways. You know, read the Constitution. 
read the Bill of Rights, you know, go back and read some American history and see like, you know, what people struggled with and read about the, before just throwing out the founding fathers, go patriarchal, you know, European white men that were out to destroy the world. Like go back and actually read some, some of the work that they've written and see if there wasn't some things they were wrestling with, wrestling with the issues of slavery, wrestling with, you know, the ideas of democracy and monarchy and tyranny and the patriarchy and all these different ideas. They were, they were wrestling with those ideas even then. You know, did, were they perfect? No, absolutely not. But before throwing everything out, take a look at it and, and, and read it and make, make sure it's worth throwing out and make sure you're, you know, throwing out the right parts of it and hanging on to the parts of it that are worth hanging on to. Would you agree with that? Well, yes, because the founding fathers, uh, actually the foundation was built on ideas that even then were thousands of years old and have withstood the test of time. So it's not just a couple hundred years old, it's back then in 1776, they were applying and had been inspired by and adopted many ideas that uh, were around uh, since the beginning of civilization. And also just to throw something out here, there's the great law of peace. Um, that was in the Midwest uh, among native tribes, Iroquois uh, involved in that. Um, and they had found a way. There was actually an American democracy or a way of different peoples all getting along uh, in place by the Native Americans before they got here. So it's part of the secret history of America. Look it up, the great- Oh, before, the, uh, before the Europeans got here. Yes. There you go. See, and they were, they were directly inspired. You know, Jefferson, they were direct. They knew about it, and they were directly inspired by that. So there was a homegrown uh, native underpinning of uh, our foundation. Um, it's much richer than, like you were saying, just a bunch of you know rich uh, white Europeans. Um, it's it's very very deep, and it's up to us uh, to live up to our birthright and not piss it away on on stupid surface things that don't really matter. Wow, nicely said, <laughs> nicely said. I completely, I completely stand, you know, that's... No, it's true, and you know, and, and, and it's, that's the thing, that's part of our destiny, and it's like, you know, the people that have come here and the people that have died and all of the terrible things that have occurred in this country in the past and the injustices and all that stuff, that should make you even more uh, you know, have more of a realization of the responsibility and destiny that you have being in a country that's, you know, the wealthiest country and the most militarily powerful country on the planet. You know, you have a responsibility to live up to a destiny of, of, of an ideal of greatness. And, you know, to do that in a, in a fair and a just and a, you know, a, a constructive and a sustainable way. You know, and to take all that pain from the past and move forward with that into a, a different type of world, but with the same ideals and that same idea of a destiny of greatness, um, but one that's not filled with hypocrisy and one that's not filled with injustices or, or just greatness for one, you know, this people, but not these people. You know, and the fact is, is that we're now starting to move into a place like that. So we have an even greater responsibility to, to the system that has you know, people have fought and died to make that possible. You know, your ancestors, my ancestors, everyone who's listening's ancestors, 
you know, including the Native peoples, including African Americans, including, you know, everyone who's here. You know what I mean? And now it's like we've got to figure out a way to move forward using the using the momentum of the system that we've inherited. And so that means finding the constructive stuff that's in it. And you're you're right, not pissing away the legacy that we have to make a better world on on bickering and arguing about things. Uh, you know, so that's 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 my advice. And I think thank you for your your input on that. I think uh that'll do it for us today. So I hope everyone had a great fourth. Did you have anything else to add, Chris? Um, no, that's it. It's um, keep moving forward and uh, greatness is something that will maybe never be achieved, uh, but it is a direction, it's a destiny uh, to move toward. Shoot for greatness, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I think, I don't remember who said it, but someone's a philosopher or a poet is like, we were, you know, we're sitting in the mud looking up at the stars or something like that and it's like one of these ideas like yeah i mean greatness is an ideal democracy is an ideal equality is an ideal you know most most of the time we don't see the full fruition of those things come come into play but we shoot for them shoot for something great have the ideal don't give up on the ideals give up on the hypocrisy give up on the injustice give up on the the parts that aren't working but don't give up the ideals and that's, you know, that's a spiritual sense. And like Chris said, it's that ancient wisdom that's carried forward and it's made us into who we are today. And we're all, you know, a part of that legacy. So we have to really honor that and try to move forward into a more just and, you know, sustainable and positive and, you know, loving and, and peaceful world. And we have the ability to do that. I believe we do. So thank you for joining us again. Um, each Sunday, uh, we're at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye if you'd like to donate. If you, you know, you're behind us on our ideas and you want to, you know, help to share us with more people, please uh, give a donation if you can. Uh, Chris's book is The Spirit in the Sky, and that's available on his website, chrissheridan.com, or on Amazon. Mine is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate, also on Amazon or at cosmiceye.org. And if you want to reach us, we are at info at cosmiceye.org. And please suggest uh, stuff you'd like to have us talk about or just let us know what you think is going on here. And, you know, if you'd like to hear more of this or more of that, please let us know. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. Goodbye and God bless.